You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, live from Dave & Buster's at Tempe Marketplace. Now, here's the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, after a week off, the Arizona State Sun Devils are getting ready to return to the gridiron once again this weekend as the Sun Devils head to the Bay Area to take on the Stanford Cardinal. ASU will be seeking to ride the wave of momentum generated by the Sun Devils' thrilling upset win over 21st-ranked Washington 11 days ago. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we preview the ASU-Stanford game and talk Sun Devil football with interim head coach Sean Aguano here on the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil football and your host for tonight's show, which is being broadcast live as we've been live every week this season from our new home, Dave and Buster's in Tempe Marketplace. If you're in the area, come on in and join us. It's my pleasure to welcome in my co-host, Arizona State Interim Head Coach Sean Aguano to the show. Sean, nothing like having a bye week on the heels of such an uplifting victory for your team like the one against Washington 11 days ago. It feels like two wins, to tell you the <laughs> truth, from coming off that bye win. But, uh, you know, uh, we had a good week of, of self-evaluation. Uh, the kids had a little break and, and uh, re-energized for this week. And you had a chance to go see your daughter play volleyball at Virginia Commonwealth, right? Absolutely, and uh, that was such a joy to see her going and compete. Uh, we watched two games on Friday night and Saturday, and I flew back here to meet with the team on Sunday, but uh, it was a joy to watch. This is, that was the first time that I got to uh, uh, see her, see her uh, play. Wow, that's awesome. That's so awesome it worked out that way. Now, the spotlight on tonight's show will shine on the big fellas in the trenches as the Sun Devil offensive line will be front and center this evening. Second-year ASU offensive line coach Mike Cavanaugh will visit with us later on in the show. And three of Coach Cavs' players will join us as well. Tackles Des Holmes and Emmett Boley will join us, along with the injured lineman and Deer Valley High School product Joey Ramos, who will update us on his progress as he recovers from an ankle injury. Like a football game, our show is formatted in quarters, so here we go with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And we welcome back Sun Devil head coach Sean Aguano, whose team presented him with his first ASU head coaching win on October 8th, a thrilling 45-38 win over the then 21st-ranked Washington Huskies. Now, 11 days have passed since that game, Sean, but I'm sure that uh, the fond memories still linger for you. What are some of the moments uh, from that Saturday afternoon that uh, have stuck with you the most? You know, absolutely. The, uh, you know, the guys competing. And, you know, it was a back and forth all the way to the end. Um, I thought we could have closed it out earlier, and then uh, we gave them a last shot uh, from a Hail Mary standpoint. Watching that ball hit the ground and uh, the jubilation from our kids and then turning around for about five seconds and, and seeing the joy in our fans, um, that was huge for me. Um, just an affirmation of all the things that uh, I try to uh, let these kids uh, understand what we're trying to do in these last three weeks. And the affirmation of that win really helped. And we talked about that on your postgame show that day, but the affirmation part of it is really important, isn't it? When the, you have guys that are working as hard as your kids have since you took over as head coach. And it's great to have them work hard and get exponentially better game to game. But, boy, at some point they need that validation. Absolutely. And, you know, it's hard. Uh, Change is hard. Um, What I was asking them from uh, and demanding from them was hard for them. 
And so you could see it in their eyes every single day, um, them getting better and, and believing. And then the affirmation of the win mm-hmm. um, made uh, them realize that all the things that we've done in the, in the first three weeks um, was for the best. And so hopefully we uh, build upon that and, and enhance our practices and our preparation and uh, go ahead and take on Stanford. Now, other than the win itself, the big story of the day, of course, was the performance of backup quarterback Trenton Borgay, who took over after a starter Emery Jones got knocked out of the game. And, boy, that was a scary moment. He really took a hit, Emery did, in that game. Absolutely. Anytime there's a head injury, uh, you worry um, because these players mean so much to us, um, myself and our coaching staff. And when you see that happen and him walking off um, uh, gingerly, um, it takes a toll on everybody, but uh, you know, Trenton came in, and uh, he's always prepared, and he did his job and, and uh, helped our team win. Boy, what a performance he had. He threw uh, for 182 yards, completing 15 of 21 passes, three touchdown passes, and uh, our crack research staff has come up with a little tidbit. That is the most touchdown passes thrown by a Sun Devil quarterback off the bench in a game since uh, Brock Osweiler back in 2010 came off the bench and threw four touchdowns in a uh, Thanksgiving weekend win over wow. UCLA. That's 20, what is that, 22 years ago? Uh, that, half, it, it, seem, it seems like it, that's yeah. for darn sure. But, uh, you know, it's funny, a lot of folks outside uh, the program, I think, were stunned and shocked and uh, amazed at the performance uh, that Trent gave us on that Saturday. But uh, you weren't surprised at all, nor were your team, or your team players, were they? No, you know, you know what's funny is... Um, Trenton goes about every single day preparing as he is the starter. We've had that talks. You know, he wants to be a, co- a college coach. Um, and in his preparation, uh, he understands what he needs to be done. And then he has the faith of his, uh, of his players because they see him going about his business every day. And so it wasn't a surprise to anybody. And you'll be able to ask the, the players the same question. It wasn't a surprise to anybody that uh, he uh, came out and played that way. Where do you think he gets that work ethic? Because that really takes something to to do that work and prepare the way he does meticulously, even though most weeks he doesn't get a chance to get out there and play. You know, I think it comes from his, from his family. I, I know his dad and I know uh, all of his brothers, and, and he has a sister. They're all in competitive sports. Um, and, and His they, brother's on the team. Absolutely, right? yeah. and, they, and they thrive on that. You know, he has another brother that's playing on the East Coast, uh, in the Midwest, but uh, they thrive on that, and um, you, you, you can tell that he's going to be a great coach. For sure. But uh, the good news is Emory Jones is better. He's been cleared to play. And you announced this week that uh, you, like many, many coaches in football, have a philosophy that a player does not lose a starting job because of injury. And so Emory will be your starter at Stanford on Saturday. Absolutely. And uh, the competition in the room has elevated and has elevated everybody. And so from a selfish standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, they have raised the bar on both sides. You know, Emery's preparation uh, has to meet um, Trenton's preparation, and, and the, uh, the play at practice has been elevated. And so from a coach's standpoint, uh, it has been really, really good to see. Um, from a relief standpoint, I know that I have somebody in the bullpen that uh, I can count on right away um, to help us not only manage the game but to win the game. With the New York Yankees playing an uh, American League Championship Series game, I'm thinking that you've got Mariano Rivera in oh, the bullpen yeah, for I'll you take right him now. any day. Man, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, uh, I had a chance, by the way, to uh, talk to Trenton. We're going to do a feature on Trenton on our pregame show this coming Saturday. 
Uh, we call it our Sun Devil Spotlight, and who better to spotlight after that game than Trenton? But I asked him, and uh, he, he, team guy that he is, he he answered my question as I expected him to. He's on board with your decision, and he said, whatever Coach Aguano says, I'm good with, and I'm ready in case needed. Absolutely, and, and I've always been truthful with my players and making sure that that those lines of communication are open and they understand where I'm coming from as well. Um, they also understand that uh, I have a duty to win football games for our whole football team. And so with that being said, um, the decisions I make uh, through the game or before the game all depends on, on what's best for the program and what's best for the team. And it's going to be performance-based pretty much Absolutely. from here on out. Absolutely. And every one of those are positions from offensive line to the defensive side. It's all performance-based. There was an interesting thread at your news conference on Monday uh, that I thought maybe we could repeat here. I think you were asked the question along the lines of the significance of Trenton's performance in terms of your obvious commitment to in-state recruiting and having a quarterback who's from Arizona, Trenton was an outstanding high school quarterback at Marana High School. In fact, I think he set the 5A career record with 89 career touchdown passes there. But to have a kid from an Arizona high school be the quarterback at Arizona State, talk about the significance of that. You know, I've had a, when I was at Chandler too, we'd have elite quarterbacks. I think Arizona State um, needs elite quarterbacks to lead um, this program. And I think that's uh, those elite quarterbacks are in state as well, you know. Um, and so over the years that I've seen more and more leave, um, you would think that someone would want to come back and, and, uh, or stay home and be that elite quarterback. But I think elite quarterbacks lead the football team and lead the program. And so that's, a, that's high priority for me. Now, Trenton was a star on uh, October 8th, but he wasn't the only star. The Sun Devils had a bushel full of them that day. Ex Valade, his fourth 100-yard rushing game. In fact, I believe he's one of the few backs in the country. Might be the only FBS back this year to have a touchdown catch and a touchdown run in consecutive games. He did that at USC and did that against Washington en route to an 111-yard day. And, and that can't happen without the guys up front. Uh, and Coach Kavanaugh has done a great job with scheming the run game. Our guys up front uh, believing and getting better. You know, I ask them every single day to be deliberate uh, in regards to their walkthroughs, their hand placement, their eyes, and they're getting better and better at that. Um, it's not perfect uh, the way I would want it to, but it's getting better. But those guys up front make it easy for our running backs, who are, are pretty good, Daniel and X, um, to hit the holes, to get those yards. And I think... When you have a dominated running game, everything else opens up. And your passing game is really coming along. Elijah Badger with two touchdown catches. Brian Thompson has really come on the last two games. He had three catches for 78 yards against Washington, including two huge chunk plays that led to touchdowns in the second half. They have been working tremendously hard. Um, and, and, you know, I'm the running back coach. I was the running back coach. <laughs> and so I prefer to run the football. Anytime we get in the jam, <laughs> let, let's hand that ball off. But um, they have been patient. Um, they've worked tremendously hard. And you can see the outcome because when they do catch the ball, it's the yards after contact, the yards after catch. But uh, 
um, they've been working tremendously hard, and I'm very proud of that group. You know who had a really nice game was defensive back Jordan Clark. He had nine tackles. I think they were all solos and had that huge pick six in the third quarter that I thought, or the second quarter, that I thought was kind of a turning point in the game. Absolutely. And, you know, he comes from a football family. You know, he has a high football intelligence. And so he makes up for the, his size a little bit. But uh, his anticipation and the way he goes about uh, playing in that defensive secondary is, is tremendous. And I think he'll uh, get better and better every day. Uh, Kyle Soley had another typical game, 12 tackles for him. And, Coach, I think you got yourself a place kicker. Carter Brown, the Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week for the second time in six weeks this season, a 53-yard field goal to go with uh, six extra points. The 53-yard field goal, the longest ever kicked by a freshman kicker at Arizona State. You know what? It's funny. Coach Slocum and I were having that uh, conversation on the sidelines, and uh, he said, well, Coach, if we get to the 32, let's kick it. And we're at the 35, and I turned around and I said, kick it. And he said, you're sure? I said, I'm absolutely sure. And I looked at Carter, and I said, Carter, you can do it. And, of course, he hit it. I was, I was holding my breath, but it did get over the, the upright. <laughs> it but, did. Uh, but uh, he's a tremendous talent. Yeah, he sure is. Uh, well, he was one of the best kickers in the country last year out of the uh, Houston area. You touched on it briefly a moment ago, but with the bye week, you uh, self-scout, don't you? Self-evaluate. What are uh, some of the conclusions? What are some of the things you and your staff are thinking, maybe we need to do more of this in the second half of the season? You know, I want to make sure that we're, we're aggressive on all facets of our game. I want to make sure that uh, we are taking the, the punch to the uh, opponent and not uh, staying back and waiting for things to happen. The other thing is, is the details. Um, I ask our coaching staff to make sure that they're deliberate with every detail. If something's wrong, let's fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the kids are uh, being more deliberate in practice. And so things that I've been asked have been, have been working, and, and we'll see this next half of the season. We've got a whole half. Um, yeah. And uh, you'll talk with our kids. We believe we, we should win every single one of those games. And so that's the, the mindset uh, that we're going into. And so, of course, you want to take one game at a time, and Stanford's the game. We talked about, you know, that honeymoon stage, that first quarter, um, in that first game, mm-hmm. the getting better um, with what we're trying to do the second game, the, the third USA, game, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, in the third game winning. Now we're to a point that I'm asking them to dominate games um, by doing the right things all the time, and so we'll see how that plays out. And winning on the road would seem to be the next exponential step, absolutely. too. And we talked about that uh, in, our, in our team meeting today. We have, this team has not won on the road. And so that's a big check mark for us as well. And they're, and they're coming off a great win against Notre Dame. But uh, I feel very confident in our, in our group. Uh, is part of your aggressive mindset from a defensive standpoint perhaps bringing more pressure to get to opposing quarterbacks? Absolutely. You know, I think that the offense and defense, they have to match. You can't be bend and don't break on one end and then full speed on the other. And so the mentality of, of our kids... Uh, should follow the mentality of the head coach, and, and I'm a, and I'm a gambling type guy that want to take chan- wants to take chances and make make sure that uh, we're playing fast physical football. We'll scout Stanford a little bit later on in the show, but we have lots more headed your way on tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon. Up next, we'll visit with three count them three members of the ASU offensive line as Des Holmes, Emmett Bowley, and Joey Ramos will join us. And later, we'll hear from their boss as Sun Devil offensive, co- uh, offensive line coach Mike Cavanaugh will drop by for a visit. But first, let's take a timeout. You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. 
broadcasting live from Dave and Buster's at Tempe Marketplace, a great place for food and family fun. We welcome you back to this evening's edition of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light as we talk Arizona State football on this Wednesday evening. The Sun Devils coming off a big win 11 days ago against Washington, about now to head up to Stanford to take on the Cardinal this weekend. I'm Tim Healy, your host. Glad you joined us on this Wednesday night. Time now to meet our player guests, three of them this evening, all of the members of the Sun Devil offensive line, and all of them are transfer newcomers to Arizona State in 2022. I'm going to introduce them in the order they're sitting here at the table for the benefit of our fans who have joined us tonight at David Buster's. To my far right at the end of the table is a young man who transferred to ASU from Northern State University, a Division II school in South Dakota. And he made his Arizona State starting debut at right tackle in the win over Washington 11 days ago. And will start again this week at Stanford. He is from Selby, South Dakota. Say hello to Emmett Boley. Emmett, good to see you, bud. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, next to Emmett, the the middleman in our group here is a guy that I have a pretty nice connection with because, like me, he is a former Penn State Nittany Lion. He spent four years playing for the Nittany Lions of Coach James Franklin before transferring to Arizona State. He has been the Sun Devil starting right tackle most of the year. He is from Norristown, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. We welcome Des Holmes to the show. How are you, Des? I'm doing good. How are you? Good to see you, bud. Last but certainly not least, to my immediate right, a young man who was the number seven recruit in the state of Arizona a few years back when he played at Deer Valley High School after playing 30 games in three years at Iowa State. He transferred back home to Arizona State this past offseason from Phoenix. We welcome home Joey Ramos. How are you, Joey? I'm good. Great to see you. Let's going to start with Joey because as some of our fans I'm sure know, Joey has uh, been sidelined and will be out this year with an ankle injury suffered in preseason. But I was uh, scanning Twitter and I saw the good news earlier this week, a tweet from Joey which said, the boot is off. Tell yes, us how sir. you're doing. How's the ankle progressing? It's good, man. I feel like um, I'm progressing faster than anyone else would. You know, I'm blessed to have support from all these guys around me and have nothing but love around the facility and have that backbone of all the trainers, the coaches, players. I mean, it really does a number. Like, you really don't know what you have until it's there in front of you and you're just getting it. And I feel love, man. I don't feel left out. And I'm just I'm happy I'm here, man. I've never been I've never felt more blessed. Sounds like you're in a good place and uh, a good place to attack your rehab. That must take some mental toughness to go into that stuff day in day it, out. Yeah, it's uh, it takes a toll on you mentally. Um, from going to dedicating so much time to mastering your craft to just hit the ground sprinting this year for the season to have such a season-ending injury happened that early on in the season it does suck it does take a mental toll on you but like i said i got a great support system with the staff and the players that they never let me feel left out i'm always there around all the guys doing what i can from the sideline you know Mm -hmm. i mean i can't be on the field helping them but when i'm on the sideline i'm picking out some of the defensive guys and i'm helping them with their technique and i'm seeing things that coach cav can't always see and i've been blessed to have coach cap to help me teach these guys as well doing like i said what i can from the sideline you sound like the offensive version of mike matus right about now <laughs> that's exactly what i am yeah, yeah. 
for sure. Uh, Des Holmes, uh, tell us about your decision. That must have been a tough decision on some levels to uh, leave Happy Valley after four years at Penn State. Uh, what factored into the decision, and what drew you here at Arizona State? Uh, just obviously, one, being at Penn State first, it was a great opportunity. And just knowing and having our conversations that we've had, I was obviously very blessed to be over there and do everything I could. And everything was just honestly great over there. And it's an experience that you really always remember being at a school for that long and playing with people and having a brotherhood. But coming here is just it's been amazing. I can't lie. It's been nothing less. Uh, I love these guys. I love the guys that I'm with. I love the guys I go to work with every day. I love my coach. I love, I love both my coaches, and I appreciate everything we've went through, all the adversity, all the love, all the passion, and, and just how they do their best to try to get us better every day. So I would just absolutely say just coming here and, and knowing the opportunity I had and, and just, like, the vibe I got from the guys when I came here and all my visits and stuff and just all that stuff. It was awesome. It's sure it's great having you in the program, and I'm sure that you, you were at a high-profile program, played a lot of big games, and I'm sure there are a lot of things you've been able to impart to your teammates from what you learned at Penn State. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I feel like knowledge has to be moved on. I feel like I just I've learned a lot of things over there, and I've learned from a lot of guys, and created a lot of relationships. So I think it's very important that you spread knowledge. Outstanding. Emmett, you took a significant step up the competition ladder, going from Division Two now to a Power 5 school, and you've made the transition very nicely, as we said, starting at right tackle last week. Uh, how did you connect with Arizona State as your destination? Uh, the big thing for me for uh, choosing Arizona State is just, like, the opportunity it provided me. Uh, I wanted to come here and help make a difference, and then just the coaching staff and everyone around the football organization just made it a great opportunity to come down here and play football and just get to know a whole new group of guys and play with a whole new group of guys it's great what was the most eye-opening uh, difference from division two football and then all of a sudden now here you are playing at power five level yeah i just say it's the talent all over the field um you have great guys playing in division two too but just having great players at every position that can make plays all the time it's uh, definitely a jump Joey, what factored in your decision? You spent three years, as we said, at uh, Iowa State, an outstanding program in the Big 12, Ames, Iowa. But uh, it's great to have you come back to, to, to your hometown, Arizona State. What, uh, what factored in your decision to work your way back here? Like you said, it's hometown. Um, when I hit the portal, I knew nothing was guaranteed, so I'm glad I had got my degree from Iowa State. Like that says, it's an experience that not everyone gets to experience, but you're glad you did it ventured out on my own it made it forced me to grow as a man and then when i did hit that portal asu was an option and i was just like man what better to come play my senior year and play in front of my family and friends that don't have to travel halfway across the country with an amazing staff that when it comes to knowledge and technique we can speak on the same level Mm -hmm. because i'm all about technique and coach cav was one of the few coaches that i was able to just smoothly talk technique with and game planning and just the play of offensive line so that factored huge into my decision here because the main thing for me is development because yeah. I'm never satisfied where, where I'm at on the field, whether it's off, on the field, off the field. If I can continue to develop, that's where I'm looking. Coach Aguano has made recruiting in-state such a priority, Joey, and I guess it can take on two, uh, two levels, you know, getting the high school kids at first or getting a kid like you that goes away and then maybe, maybe I should have stayed home, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Arizona has phenomenal athletes. I think Arizona kids need to stay in Arizona. I mean... Why have to go across the country? Why have to force your family to come out to flights when they can, you can just play in your backyard for an amazing coach and amazing staff with amazing guys? Yeah. 
Des, how do you feel the offensive line has progressed? I thought the unit, uh, you, you weren't able to play in the Washington game uh, because of injury, but uh, the unit really seems to be coming on the last couple of games. How do you feel about that? I feel it's been great. I feel like obviously we just go to make the push every week to be better and obviously the one to be goal to be one to know every week. And we know that up front, everybody knows in football, up front wins the game. So obviously we just want to push ourselves every week. And obviously what Coach Guano was talking about too, we're pushing us every day and making sure we're doing the little details right and doing everything that we can. And obviously everything that Coach Cav brings to us every day, the juice and the energy and, and the grit and the mentality and, and just the mental part of it too. I, I just think obviously everything has just been rolling. And the more we play with each other, I know you spoke on us coming from different places. I feel like this is the closer we get. Mm-hmm. Des, or, excuse me, Emmett, uh, you played in that Washington game uh, last week. I thought I thought it was the offensive line's best game of the year. You didn't allow a sack. Uh, you uh, cleared the way for X and Daniel in the running game to pick up almost 160 yards rushing. How did you feel about the O-line's performance, and how do you feel the group is coming together right now? I thought we had a g- really good performance. Obviously, there's things we need to improve on still from that game and learn from. But uh, together, I feel like we're really coming together as a unit, uh, communicating more knowing what we need to expect from each other and just pushing forward to learn each other, still get used to each other, playing next to each other because there's people in new spots. But ultimately, I think we're coming together really well and gelling at the right time. Joey, what are you seeing from the sideline of your guys in the trenches? I see five people working as a unit. I mean, ultimately, that's what I expect and Coach Cav expects from the O-line is that everyone needs to be working as a unit. I see five strong guys up front working off each other like Emmett said and there's new guys in new positions but that doesn't matter because we all got that good chemistry to where people can bounce around all over the offensive line to where when it does come to people in different positions we don't skip a beat so I've seen a group of guys come together real fast and you Joey are, are the, the, the textbook uh, case of that a guy that you can pretty much play anywhere in the O-line talk about the versatility that coach Cav inspires in all of you guys I mean it's huge because like what happened to me you never know when someone's going to go down and say if you're a backup and they got you playing two different positions that that is your opportunity and if you don't know what you're doing with those opportunities you could waste your opportunity in front of you so coach Cav always harps on why not learn more positions it's only going to benefit you and your future if you go to the NFL you look at multiple dudes that can play different positions to where you might as well learn it in college instead of having to get blindsided in the NFL yeah Emmett, what was it like in the huddle on uh, that Sunday or Saturday a couple weeks ago when uh, Trenton Borgay took over the job that he did? As uh, Coach Aguano said in the first segment, uh, nobody within the program was really surprised at what he did because of the way he prepares. What was the huddle like when Trenton took over in that game? Yeah, I don't think it was a shock to any of us. Um, when he came in in the huddle, we still all knew what we had to do. We had jobs we needed to accomplish. And uh, I think we were still overall very confident as a group when Trenton came into the game because we know what he's capable of and everything he's proven. So we just need to go out there and do control what we can control. Des, you're back in the lineup this week, a big game at Stanford. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on going up there and playing them? Well, obviously, every week you want to go out and go one and Like I said previously, obviously a great team just came off a great win against Notre Dame. And obviously just go out there and be able to execute what we game plan all week. How do you feel, Des, and, and I'm sure the other guys will probably echo your thoughts, but it, it's almost a badge of honor for you, isn't it, when a guy like X Valade rushes for, what, 400-yard games this year, 111 yards a couple weeks ago against Washington, uh, and Daniel Ngata, a terrific runner as well. 
Is that a badge of honor for you guys to get when you see them pile up the big numbers? Well, absolutely, because you, you want to run the game up front, up front wins. And, and obviously those guys are very, very, very talented backs. And I only see them getting better every time they step on the practice field every day, every game we have. So I just really appreciate It's really fun blocking for guys that are that dynamic. And what's it like? What, what are the difference in styles you notice between X and Daniel in terms of their running styles and blocking for them? Um, they're both really fun to block for, I can tell you that much. Uh <laughs> I think they're both very explosive backs. Uh, they both have different tendencies, obviously, but I think it's just really fun blocking for two explosive backs like Daniel and X. So, Joey, you, the good news is you have a couple of years of eligibility left. Yes, uh, tell us how uh, things are going to unfold here with your rehab and uh, back next year here at ASU. Yes, sir. I'll be back next year for that 2023 season. So, But for the, end of this, the rest of this year, I'll be rehabbing my ankle. Um, I'm not going to try to rush back into the season. There's a possibility I can play, but I'm not going to rush back into it. So when I do hit the ground running in January, I don't even have to focus on the ankle. I'm just there to get better and just prepare for that next season. Because the key is you want to stay out of that boo permanently, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's been fun having you guys on the show. Uh, Three great uh, additions to the Arizona State uh, football program. As we said, all of them transferring in. But as Des Holmes mentioned, uh, uh, this group has clicked very quickly. And uh, great to have all of you here. Emmett Boley, Des Holmes, Joey Ramos, thanks for joining us tonight, my friends. Thank you. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sun Devil Offensive Line Coach Mike Cavanaugh will visit with us when we return in a moment. You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon presented by Coors Light. Now this time out here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is the Maroon Monsoon presented by Coors Light. The third quarter. Sun Devil fans, the new Sun Devil Athletics Game Day mobile app is here. Manage your tickets, receive breaking news, light up Sun Devil Stadium with the Sun Devil Lights integrated smartphone light show, and a whole lot more. Download it today from the Apple Store or Google Play. We continue now with tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon presented by Coors Light. Coming your way from Dave and Buster's at Tempe Marketplace. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host tonight. And we're glad you joined us. Must have been a lot of fun uh, 11 days ago on Saturday. I, I know I had a blast calling that game. First of all, I just liked the fact that it wasn't all that hot. You know, right. It was kind of an overcast day, and I just thought... I grew up in the East Coast. I'm thinking this reminds me of, of a good college football Saturday back east. And, no then, doubt. and then the game that unfolded was just a, just a delightful game to watch nah, you from know, your perspective. No, it was awesome. You know, I kind of challenged those guys before the game. I said, you know, we've given up five sacks two games in a row. I said, you got to take personal pride in protecting these guys. And they did that. And I think I yelled at Bowles after the game. You know what was great about today? No sacks. <laughs> But, uh, you know, one of the things I know about these guys, every Saturday they've come out and they've played hard. You know, their energy's been great. Uh, They play hard every snap. You know, to me, I have that philosophy, one snap, clear whatever happens, happens, and then it's on to the next play. So you can't dwell on things. A lot of guys, like, just kill themselves because they worry too much. Mm -hmm. So my deal is this. I coach them hard during the week. They get tired of me, but I don't really care. (laughs) And on on Saturdays, man, it's time for them to play. Yeah, go have fun. My job, preparation all week long. Now on Saturday, it's up to them. Let's go play and let it loose. I always thought that's what made Frank Cush's team so great. He worked them hard during the week. It was by the time they got to Saturday, the game was fun. Right. Yeah. Well, I can't be as hard as I used to be. (laughs) But a lot of my guys in the old days, they couldn't wait till game day. 
how, how big was that win? We talked about it with Coach Aguano from a, just a, a validation standpoint. Because, like you said, you're, you're on your guys. All the coaches are. You're working them hard. You saw some progress from week one to week two, uh, Utah to USC. But at some point, you got to go out and win a game. And how, right. how big a deal was that to get that win and get that validation for these well, guys? Well, it was huge. You know, Coach Aguano's done a great job of trying to change the culture. And every day, you know, he expects guys to do the right thing, to say it real simple. And that's from academics to appointments to being on time. And those things are integral. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's discipline. Yeah. So, and if you're disciplined in doing everything, you, you, look, you look at great players, well, usually they're great in everything they do. You know, they're great students. They're great in the weight room, great getting ready, preparation, and then obviously playing. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, it was a great game last week, and uh, we're looking forward to Stanford. We sure are. And uh, we've talked about the guys. You had two returnees. We mentioned Ben Scott and, of course, the other. Unfortunately, I don't think he'll be he'll be able to play on uh, Saturday. Ladarius Henderson dealing with a finger injury, but just talk about I've I've just enjoyed watching him blossom as a kid, as a leader on this team. I remember when he played as a 19, uh, I think he was no, he was a 17 year old true freshman at Michigan State as starting his first career game in a Big Ten setting. Of course, Arizona State won the football game, but. Where he's come from there to now has just really been fun to watch. No, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I've only known him for two years, but one of the things you love about LD is obviously, first of all, he's a tremendous person, you know what I mean? And then his preparation and how important it is to him. Uh, he, he's the first guy in there at 630. One of the things that Coach Aguano talked about was we're going to open up the film room at 630. He, he was there every every morning. Wow. So that tells you about what kind of person he is. He must be hanging out with Trenton Borgay because they're they're both in there that early, aren't they? They, they were both in there. So, but uh, I can't say enough about LD. He's a wonderful guy and good football player, and uh, you know, love him to death. And the and the, the thing I've liked watching him is the personality that's blossomed. He he comes up to the media room and uh, it's almost <laughs> like he's appearing at the Tempe Improv. You know, when he's out there with the media, he he loves that stuff. He does. I could see him maybe someday. Being, There's another guy sitting over there I could see doing it too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, LD, you know, he he uh, pretty special guy. Yeah, he sure is. We don't want to forget another fellow that I think has done a nice job for you is your left tackle, Isaiah Glass, really seems to be coming along. He has started every game at that all-important left tackle spot. Size up his progress, and what are the attributes that excite you about his future? Well, Isaiah's a very good athlete, you know, and one of the things we talked about in the meeting today is the standards you set for practice. He's a guy that's been flying around on the field just relentless and i said that's your standard let's do it out every day you know mm-hmm. but uh, i'm happy happy for Isaiah. he's working hard um you know he's had a chance to develop into a really good player so he's still young still learning a lot but uh fun guy to coach and Isaiah glass if you don't know is a sun devil legacy his dad paul was a defensive lineman i think right at the beginning of the uh 2000s talk a little bit more about chris martinez uh, i mean he played at a high level program san diego state was a starter there right. i understand is he going to move over to left guard for this yes. week's game yep. uh he's been your starting right guard all season but he was telling us left guard is where he played at san right. diego state so last week when ld hurt his finger i said hey, once you go to left guard wednesday and thursday he's kind of looking at me like 
He was just but starting I, to get I, the hang of right yeah, guard. I was yeah. kind of worried. I said, well, you played left guard all last year. You saw you on film. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I thought he had probably the best camp of anybody. You know, had a tremendous camp, focused, uh, saw a huge difference from spring ball to fall camp. He freaking got after it every day, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Locked in, focused, battled. Wow. And, uh, you know, he's done a great job for us. Boy, Not man. a real talkative guy, but mm-hmm. he's got personality, but mm-hmm. he's a tough kid, you know, and loves football. And another young man that I think got some time against Washington is a product of Red Mountain High School, Ben Bray. Yep. He's one of your valuable reserves in right. that O-line, isn't he? Yeah, Ben's been playing center and guard for us, and, uh, you know, he's continually, I think, he's gotten much better, and you know, every year. You know, just mm-hmm. the two years I've been here, I've seen improvement, and one of the things you want to see is that toughness, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought he played pretty darn good last week, you know. He's just got to continue to fine-tune what he's doing. I think this week at Stanford is going to uh, embody what you preach in terms of versatility. Talk about the moving around right. you're going to have to do with your offensive line this week. All right. So Bowles will be at right tackle, and then we're going to move Des at right guard. Ben will he's be been at your center. right tackle, slides yep. into guard. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said earlier, Des was going at right tackle and right guard during the all the, you know, did you do that a little in the spring, too? But mostly it was in the fall. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Chris will be at left guard and the side will be at left tackle. And uh, Ben Scott is kind of the uh, the, the calm and the storm there. He, today's, uh, he is the calm and the storm, no sure. doubt. Uh, your thoughts on going up against Stanford and their defense. They're coming off a big win at Notre Dame last week. No doubt. You know, we're looking forward to this. Uh, one thing you know about Stanford, they're going to be tough and they're going to be uh, relentless guys. As, as you watch them on film, you know they're disciplined and they do their job. So we have to do our job and be relentless and get after it all game, four quarters. Well, we're looking forward to it, and boy, it's uh, so great to have you at Arizona State, one of our favorites. Coach Cav, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Coach Mike Cavanaugh, the Sun Devil offensive line coach, with us here on the Maroon Monsoon. Sean Aguano will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to Saturday's game at Stanford. But first, these messages here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. Thank you for joining us on tonight's installment of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. Come your way live from Dave & Buster's in Tempe Marketplace. I'm Tim Healy. Interim head coach Sean Aguano rejoining me now for the final segment of the show. Boy, what a great addition Coach Cav has been to your staff, huh? Absolutely. I know I have known him for a number of years, and, and uh, when uh, he came to our staff, I uh, was real comfortable with him doing the run game, and, and uh, it has ex- excelled this whole year. So. And as a head coach, how does it make you feel when you see three of your players come up here and handle themselves so uh, in such a poised fashion on the radio show? Proud of them. You know, uh, sometimes it's hard for, for kids to come up here and answer questions right uh, um, when they're given, uh, you know, those, those quick questions that they have to answer. But uh, they did a great job. And how about a guy like Joey Ramos? I know that you, you have made such a point of uh, wanting to do a great job recruiting the state of Arizona and to see a young man like Joey from Deer Valley he goes to Iowa State and decides to come back here. How big is that for you? I think those, are, those are huge. And you want to make sure that you keep those relationships, <clears throat> excuse me, that you keep those relationships if they do not come right off the bat. They understand that Arizona is always home. And some kids just want to get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, until they figure out, well, I want to get back to Arizona. But uh, 
you want to make sure that those relationships are kept uh, throughout the recruiting process. And more importantly than ever now because of the transfer portal. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I understand that people want to go and see different places and, and uh, have those experiences. But uh, Arizona is always home for a lot of them. And their comfort is here. And so we want to make sure that uh, they come home to this. Let's hone in a little bit now on Stanford, the Sun Devils' opponent on Saturday afternoon up at uh, Stanford Stadium. Of course, the Cardinal coach by David Shaw, now in his 12th season on the farm. He is the winningest coach in Stanford history. He is the only Pac-12 football coach ever to be named Conference Coach of the Year four times. Uh, they've struggled a little bit in recent years, but his record overall, the totality of his 12 years there, outstanding. Absolutely, and, and Coach is a... Uh, high character, um, great coach uh, that have, I've had an opportunity to meet because he was recruiting our kids. And so mm-hmm. um, it, it'll be an honor to be on the, the other side uh, across from him um, because he's such a good good coach and a good man. Um, but uh, once that ball is kicked off, uh, um, we're going to go after it. Yep. And uh, Dave, David spent some of his uh, youth in Tempe because – some of our uh, long-standing fans may remember his dad, Willie Shaw, was uh, a very uh, outstanding assistant coach and recruiter at Arizona State. In fact, Willie Shaw recruited a lot of the guys that won the Rose Bowl in 1986 oh, okay. uh, a few years later. And, uh, of course, uh, Willie, I think, also spent time at Stanford. And, of course, his son, uh, David Shaw, doing such a great job there. What do you see in the Stanford team? To me, the thing that catches my eye is their 6'6" quarterback Tanner McKee with a strong arm threw for 356 yards at Arizona State last year and although the Sun Devils won the game and he's got some really big physical receivers on the outside yeah they they play real disciplined football you know pro style game uh Tanner is very accurate and and we're going to have to make sure that we wrap up uh when we get him in our grasp and then also put pressure and making him move his feet in the pocket but uh, he's, a, he's a tall guy that can see over the line, and uh, he, he is, again, pretty accurate, but he also has big receivers out there that we have to go and contain as well. Yeah, check out the size on some of these guys. Six foot five inch John Humphreys, six four Bryson Tremaine, six three Elijah Higgins. Those are the three starting wideouts. And of course, Stanford is tight end U, and they have a six four tight end Ben Urasik, who had six catches for 118 yards at Arizona State last year how do you feel your secondary matches up against those big receivers you know we're going to have to play team defense um and and they're going to be big guys uh, to handle we need to make sure that we're in their face uh competing all the time and uh and then play uh, team defense and everybody run to the football and uh, not get those extra yards once they once they do catch the football. Now, some news from the farm. Stanford will be missing their leading receiver on the, six, uh, on the season. Their 6'2 co-captain, Michael Wilson, uh, out for what we understand is an extended period because of an injury uh, that I believe he suffered in their game uh, against Notre Dame this past uh, Saturday in South Bend. What will be overall some of the keys for your defense to uh, contain Stanford's offense? You know, we have to stop the running game. And then once we stop the running game, put pressure on the quarterback and make him uh, uh, have a happy feet in the pocket, like you say, and uh, and and then get in, compete with those receivers mm-hmm. um, and play solid football. They're a well-coached team. They're a disciplined team. We need to match that discipline and then uh, let our athletic ability uh, take over. What are some of the qualities, in your opinion, a team needs to win on the road? You know, that we need to play disciplined football. Uh, details matter. 
make sure that uh, we take care of the football from a ball security standpoint in all facets of the game and then dominate uh, up front on both sides. And if we can do that, uh, I think we'll be victorious at the end. Well, it's supposed to be a really nice day for football. We understand it's going to be about 62 degrees uh, in the Palo Alto area on Saturday afternoon, and uh, we are looking forward to the visit. We This will be Arizona State's first visit to Stanford in five years, kind of a weird way because of the way the schedules work out. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to it as well. Absolutely, and I haven't been there. And so um, this will be new for me, but uh, I, I know our kids are very excited for this game. And we are as well, and uh, the Sun Devils will be seeing seeking their first win at Stanford since 2007 this Saturday. And we'll have you covered on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Our buddy Jeff Munn will get it started with Sun uh, with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show, 10.30 a.m. Saturday. And then Jeff Van Raphorst and Kevin Turner will join me for the play-by-play call at 1 p.m. And then Money will host Sun Devil Sound Off afterward. Thanks to our radio engineer, Sean Crespin, for his great work tonight. Thanks to Molly Gardner of the Sun Devil Radio Network and our in-studio coordinator, Cody Fincher. Coach, best of luck to you this week. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. And thank you folks for joining us, and thanks to all the fans and our friends at Dave & Buster's as well. For Sean Aguano, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for joining us on the Maroon Monsoon. So long, everybody. You've been listening to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. The Maroon Monsoon airs live from Dave & Buster's at Tempe Marketplace. Sun Devil Football is an exclusive presentation of the MidFirst Bank Sun Devil Radio Network.